WLEW Sports Network presents The Game of the Week with Clark Ramsey, Dave Hansen, Doug Cole, and Dan Banke. You're listening to the WLEW Sports Network, powered by AgriValley Services. It all comes down to this. The Greater Thumb West title is on the line, and the Reese Rockets and Bad Axe Hatchets have officially both entered the boxing ring. Good evening from the Huron County seat in Bad Axe, Michigan. You're listening to the WLW Sports Network for the Greater Thumb West Championship, and I'm your host, Clark Ramsey, for tonight's broadcast. Alongside me once again is a true professional. He even has a license to prove it. Please welcome Dave Hanson. Thank you, Clark. Happy to be here, and uh, it's amazing. We still get to wear golf polos. It's uh, beautiful weather out, 70 degrees. Let's play ball. It's been a five-week dance around the ring and around the entire thumb, all leading to tonight's matchup. Two undefeated teams, each trying to make it a perfect 6-0 and snag the upper hand in the divisional race. The $64,000 question is, though, will it be Bad X or Reese on top of the heap at the end of the night tonight? Well, it's going to be a great contest, and it's going to be extremely physical right from the start. And with both teams having their best season in a long time, I can't wait to see which team scores that sixth straight victory. The Reese Rockets haven't started the year undefeated through the first half of the season since 2012. They've had to come from behind in their last two games against USA and Cass City, but the high-powered Rocket offense has propelled Reese to the forefront of the standings with a 5-0 overall record. Now they face their stiffest of competition yet. And I would agree with that, but uh, this team can throw it. They can run it as good as anyone in the area. When, when they get rolling, they can score in bunches. The Bad Axe faithful had had plenty to cheer about so far this season, going 5-0 for the first time since 2001. But the Hatchets are not satisfied just being the September Heisman champions. They're looking to defend their Greater Than West title, but this time they wanted to win it outright and keep it for all themselves. No doubt about it. It's been a long time since Bad Axe can say that, and they deserve it. So let's see if they can figure that out. And this game, we know, means more to them than anything else. Coming up in the next 55 minutes, we'll look at our other area games, host our media round table, and take a deep dive into the game of the week. Reese at Bad Axe for the 25th time in history. It's all right here on your home for high school football, the WLW Sports Network, being powered by Anger Valley Services, the Reese Rockets, and the Bad Axe Hedges. Tonight's presentation of the WLW Sports Network is being brought to you by Thumb Sailor and Anger Valley Services. Dia Services of Cass City for all your grain handling needs. Conic Radiator and Air Conditioning of Bad Axe. Randy's Honey Center, 269 Guns. Here in Daily Tribute, home of the Prep Zone. North Star Bank, guiding the way. Here in Auto Parts, Countryside Transportation. Bayport State Bank, Corbishley's Menswear and Bad Axe. McVeigh Insurance Agency, Thumb Bank and Trust, Insure Health. Better Health. Better life. Are you sure? Internet services are provided by Anger Valley Services on the blazing speed of their TrueNet 4G wireless network. Go to AngerValleyServices.com for broadband internet that you can count on. This game broadcast is a copyrighted presentation of Thumb Broadcasting Incorporated. All rights are reserved. Any reproduction with that the express written consent of the WLEW Sports Network is strictly, strictly prohibited. prohibited. After the last 19 months, nothing should really surprise us anymore, but yet here we are on October 1st, feeling like it was just 4th of July. 
Not only is it October already, but after tonight, there are just three weeks remaining before the playoffs begin. Time is flying by, and we're on the cusp of already deciding the greater than West. If you think back to a year ago, we were still trying to figure out if the football season was even going to continue. As we broadcasted games from empty bleachers, allocating just two tickets per player, no marching bands allowed, and handoffs were required to be six feet apart. There have been many moments since COVID began that made me realize what we have missed. There have also been moments where we realize what we have been missing. The past couple weeks for me at least have allowed what I call the full Friday Night Lights experience that we so desperately wanted last year. The sights, the sounds, the atmosphere, the cheers, the rivalries, the excitement, the energy. It's just something that makes you feel home once and for all. You're listening to the WLW Sports Network. I'm Clark Ramsey. It's been my pleasure to bring you those football and basketball experiences for the past 11 years over the airways of Cruise 102. And to the right of me for the last 10 years is the true professional himself, Dave Hanson. Yeah, it's hard to believe it's been a decade, Clark, but uh, I still love every minute of it and look forward to every Friday night's game. For the last nine years, our director of sports information, Doug Cole, has traveled all the way from Livonia, Michigan for us to handle all of our offensive and defensive stats. Doug Cole, you've had a shorter drive last week to Sandusky. This week, though, you're in the heart of the thumb, but the good news is you survived all 13 hours of M53. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. <laughs> um, it kind of felt like it was 13 hours, but it was a nice drive. Uh, yeah. 53 is brutal, but uh, we all want to know where you stopped on the ride out. Well, is, I have to say I've been to a lot of great places in the thumb, but this could be up there as number one. I went to the steakhouse, and it was one of the best steaks I've ever ha- had. New York Strip, medium well. Does it get the Doug Cole seal of approval? Oh, Definitely. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> Dining with Doug can continue for yet another week. Dining with Doug goes to the nearest restaurant, local watering hole, and finds the best meal possible and gives his seal of approval, potentially. It's been 100% so far. 100%. Okay, good. And much like Doug, who is feeding us as much data and stats that we can paint the clearest picture for you at home, our director of visual data, Dan Banky, is the other half of that equation. As our spotter, Dan is feeding us a never-ending stream of information so that we can relay the best possible broadcast back to our listeners. Dan, good to have you. Hey, thanks, Clark. Day off, so uh, I actually get to be on the radio with you fellows and looking forward to a great game. Absolutely. We're glad to have you back, and uh, we can get some of your golf stories out early <laughs> instead of during the game, so that's great to have you back. I'm just glad we were able to get you out of the tree stand to be here today. Yeah, she's a little warm to be hanging in the tree, so uh, I'll wait a week or two. Well, for the past two weeks, we've watched the Greater Thumb East unfold, and now tonight we will see how the Greater Thumb West is going to play out. Two undefeated teams, the Reese Rockets and the Bad Axe Hatchets, both vying for the Greater Thumb West Championship. It's all on Sports Radio, 1021.1 FM and WLWSports.com. When we return, we'll have our media roundtable presented by Thompson Chevrolet. You're listening to the WLW Sports Network. Listen to the WLW Sports Network in more ways than ever before. Tune to Sports Radio 1021. Download the Cruise 102 app in your Apple or Android device. Listen live and worldwide at WLWSports.com. And now also listen to our broadcast and replay form wherever you get your podcasts. We are there. It's now time for the Meet Around Table presented by Thompson Chevrolet of Ubley. If you're looking for the latest models from Chevrolet, look no further than the north end of Ubley at Thompson Chevrolet. Find new roads. Join me tonight in the flesh from the Huron County View, the Kavan Pulp of the Round Table 
Paul P. Adams from Ohio State. Used to be from Ohio State, I should say. Our in-game analyst for WLW Sports, Dave Hansen. The top spotter east of I-75, Dan Banky, And our back-to-back Meteor on Table champion, Director of Sports Information, Doug Cole. Through the end of the season, we keep score of our game's predictions. And when that time comes, we'll deem a Meteor on Table winner. Paul has already hit, pa- hit Dave. So this is not going to bode well. <laughs> exactly. Just left over from last week. Okay. All right. Dave Hansen made it two wins in a row last week. And then now we have a two-way tie at the top of the podium. So now it's Paul Pietro still with two wins. Dave Hansen with two wins. Doug Cole, one victory. And Dan Banky still looking for his first win of the year. Gentlemen, we have ourselves a Barnburger. Well, I mean, what happened to me last week, I should lose a win after picking a team that I was on the wrong end of a running clock. <laughs> I mean, no one would be opposed, but I don't think you should do that personally. No. I had a good score last week. Kudos to Harvard Beach. I didn't expect a blowout. I don't know if anybody really expected a blowout in that game. And Harvard Beach, man, they put on a show, and kudos to them. There's no way I was ever taking the over in that game. So, you know. Tipped to, tip to my cap to Dave. He one dollared me and uh, got away with it. Yeah, I wasn't planning on having to, but uh, you guys were all a little lower than I was expecting. But nonetheless, I agree with you. That Harbour Beach offense, though, they can score a lot and score in a hurry. But their defense, they finally came to play last week, and that's the reason that running clock happened. So how it works, each meter representative picks a winner and a final score for tonight's feature game of the WLW Sports Network. The winner is deemed by selecting the winning team and by having the most accurate point differential. If no one selects the winner, then the correct winner, then I, Clark Ramsey, will graciously accept the victory for the week. Since Dave won again last week, it will be the same order as the previous week. So tonight's order is Dan Banky leading off, then it's Paul P. Adams, Doug Cole, and last week's winner, Dave Hanson. Dan Banky, the tea is yours. Uh, I'm not used to this going uh, first. Using golf, I always go last. But uh, wow, uh, <laughs> I think we're in for a, a great game. Uh, full of it tonight. Lots, wow. uh, lots of fireworks. I think uh, I keep going back to the Hard Beach Bad X game, and Hard Beach could pass the ball on Bad X, and uh, Reese loves to do that too. So I think I'm going to go with Reese pulling this one out in a uh, little bit of a shootout, 34 to 20. 34 to 20. You're taking Reese by 14 points. So Reese on the board with Dan Banky, 34-20. to 20. Paul P. Adams from the Huron County View. It's a good pick, Dan. It got me on the board earlier in the year going against uh, the, the what you believe is going to be the majority. I'm going to go with the safe pick here. Uh, I'm going to go with Bad X. But, uh, you know, I look at the last couple of, you know, a couple, three weeks for Reese, and a couple of games stick out to me. USA built a 16-0 lead on Reese and gave that up. Uh, Cass City went toe-to-toe with Reese. I believe that was last week and, and, and gave that up at the end. The fact is you could strike Reese early – and we know Bad Axe can put up points in a hurry. Bad Axe is better than those two teams. Bad Axe's defense is better than those two teams. Bad Axe hasn't allowed double digits since week one. They're, it's probably going to happen tonight, but I, I believe the Hatchets get out to that early lead. They hold it. Give me Bad Axe 38 to 20. 38 to 20 in favor of the Bad Axe Hatchets. Paul P. Adams on the books with a 38 to 20 victory for the blue and gold. Doug Cole, Director of Sports Information. Well, when we saw uh, Bad X in uh, week one at Harbor Beach, they looked very impressive, especially their offense with the uh, wing T, right? And then their defense had some issues with the uh, passing game. Um, I have them winning this game uh, in a pretty close game. I think uh, Reese, I don't know much about them, uh, but they're 5-0, so obviously they're good. And so I'm going to take Bad X 28-22. 28-22, six-point victory. For the Bad Axe Hatchets, according to Doug Cole, that leaves Dave Hansen in game. What are you going to do, Davey? 
Well, look at it this way. I, I, I've looked at Reese the last couple of weeks, and you guys nailed it right on. They fell behind early and then forced themselves to come back later. So what do they do in those comebacks is they scrap the running game and they let their quarterback sling it all over the lot. And bad X can be susceptible to that. The difference is, is I don't think the hatchets lay off the running game. I think they find ways to move the ball. I, I don't think Keaton Brown's 100%, but I think he's good enough to go. We saw that last week with Tan Babcock. He's 100%, but he looked dang good last week. I think the hatchets are going to continue to roll, and I'm going to stick with a hot number that I've had for a while. I think the hatchets are going to beat Reese 40 to 20. 40 to 20, a 20 point victory in favor of the hatchets, according to Dave Hansen. So the experts have spoken. Three for Bad X, one for Reese Dan Banky. The lone rocket saying 34 to 20 in favor of the Rockets by 14 points over Bad X. Paul B. Adams stuck in the middle with you once again with a 38 to 20, 18 point victory for Bad X. Doug Cole taking the under 28 to 22 in favor of the Hatchets by six points. And Dave Hansen taking Bad X by 20 points, 40 to 20. Good luck, gentlemen. I'm sure we will hear from everyone by the end of the game. <laughs> All right, let's take a look at other area games going on tonight. We'll start out at Nate Player Football, the North Central Thumb League, the Stripes Division. These are the smaller schools in the NCTL. And we had one game take place last night. No surprise here, North Huron proves to 6-0, taking out Caseville 71-22. Yeah, the Warriors are rolling right now. They're the number two team in the state uh, as, uh, for playoff points. They proved it last night. Will Case score touchdowns, uh, rushing, passing, and, and a pick six. Uh, they are rolling. They, they've got the, their the toughest three games coming up, starting next week with homecoming uh, against CPS, then Peck, and then Mayville. I believe the Warriors are going undefeated this year. I, I like that thought. I think the uh, – they're showing they can score a ton of points in a hurry. I'm just, I kind of hope the defense continues to play well. It'll have to going into that playoff stretch. But I agree with you, Paul. There's, there's nobody on that schedule that's beating this North Huron team. Sacred Heart at three and two, Peck at five and zero. Oh. Sacred Heart trying for three wins in a row. They lost to Peck last year, 28 to 22. Peck is undefeated through five weeks for the first time since 2014. Here's a, here's all you need to know about this game. Yes, Peck's undefeated, but Peck just beat CPS by two points in overtime. A couple of weeks ago, Mount Pleasant Sacred Heart beat CPS by 40. Give me the Irish in this one. No doubt about it. We know they're not 100%, but uh, they proved they can hang with Deckerville for a while before that bad, bad injury. But I'll, I'll take them, too. Give me uh, give me them on the road. Give me Sacred Heart. CPS at 1-4. and four. Ashley at 1-4. and four. CPS lost last week to Peck in double overtime, 44-42. to 42. Ashley on a four-game losing streak. Their only win against Caseville in week one. You know, when we talk about a team like USA, we say that that record doesn't really reflect the type of team that it is. And I believe the same is true for CPS. CPS has played a really, really tough schedule. Uh, this is second year under Coach Eric Hartzell. They are really improving. Uh, they're going to win this game very easily tonight. And just another step uh, for the for the Tigers to keep improving. I agree. This is one of the better one and four teams you'll find. And they scored 42 points in a loss last week. That's all I need to know. They're going to win this game, CPS is. Bay City All Saints have followed up every win with a loss this season. Win, loss, win, loss, win. And they enter tonight with a 3-2 and two record at Akron Fairgrove, who's 1-4. and four. Uh, All Saints get two in a row on this one. Uh, I just Hard to trust the Vikings, but nice to see the Vikings on the board this year. That Bay City wins on the road. Deckerville in the North Central Stars division. This game is tomorrow, Saturday. Deckerville at 5-0 at Kingston's homecoming, who's 3-2. and two. Yeah, Kingston took a, a, a pretty tough loss last week. Deckerville is just rolling on all cylinders right now. Uh, I think the Eagles pick up another, probably another probably big win in this one. Yeah, Kingston hasn't beat Deckerville since 1987, and uh, that streak's going to continue. Deckerville wins easy. And Kingston is 1-23 against Deckerville since that win in 1987. Mayville at 1-4, New Haven Merritt at 1-4. Does anyone really care? Let's move on. Yeah. 
Okay, Morris at Burton Atherton. Paul, you have something to say? No, I have nothing. Okay, that's what I thought. Morris at 5-0, Burton Atherton at 3-1. Burton Atherton did not play last week. Morris, they have allowed a total of 26 points this season, and they have not scored less than 58 points in any game. And guess what? That point total stays the same. They're shutting out Burton Atherton this week. Morris is maybe the best team in Division Two in eight-player football, if not one of the top three in, in, in that division. Morris rolls easily. And Burton Atherton is not. Morris will win big, probably in the 60 to nothing range. Well, I just thought Burton Atherton was going to lose because they're the Wolverines. Oh. Okay, all right, moving on. It was uncalled for. That's right, it's not Rutgers, I'm sorry. Flint International at 0-5 at Genesee at 3-1. Genesee started last year at 3-1, but it finished at a 4-3 mark. They did not play last week. They are supposed to play Burton Atherton. Yeah, if there's one thing we know about Genesee, they can put up a ton of points. They can't really stop anybody, but Flint International is not a good team. Uh, take take Genesee all day long. Absolutely. Uh, they allowed 80 points for Deckerville to score that week, so take Genesee for sure. Maybe the problem with Flint International is they're playing international football. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> Make more sense. In 11-player football, the Greater Thumb East, Memphis at 2-3, and three, Marlette at 3-2. and two. Memphis lost ugly last week 62 nothing. Two wins is their most wins in a season since 2013. Marlette have not had more than three wins in the last five seasons. Last year they finished five and four. Yeah, good for the Yellow Jackets. They've shown some improvement, but not enough. Marlette is a team that went toe-to-toe for a half with Ubley. Uh, if you can do that, you're going to you're gonna win a lot of games. Marlette's going to win this game real easily. A really underappreciated team in the East. Uh, I think definitely a team that has some playoff potential. Probably the third best team in the East at the very worst. So uh, Marlette's going to win this game, and I don't think they'll have any trouble. And I apologize. Marlette was in 2015, five and four. And Sandusky at 1-4 on the road at Ubley, who's 5-0. Sandusky's lone win this season was against KPAC in week number three. Ubley 5-0 for the first time in six seasons. That was in 2016 when they finished 12-1, made it all the way to the semifinals. They've scored 50-plus points in the last three games. And they might do it again, uh, it, it, just judging off of what uh, Harbor Beach did to Sandu- Sandusky last week. Uh, Ubley seems to have it all going, averaging almost 350 yards per game on the ground. Uh, last week, 11 different ball carriers. They love to spread it around, and that's keeping everybody fresh. Bearcats big in this one. No question about it. Uh, running clock scenario, Ubley wins big. KPAC beat New Haven in week number one, 22 nothing. They've been outscored since 40 to 189, and they take their one and four record to Brown City, who is 0 and five, have not lost their first five games since 2006. They lost to USA last week, 48-14. Yeah, I was on hand for this one. Brown City, they could move the ball at times, but they are just snake bitten by injuries. I still think the Green Devils got just enough to win this game. But this could be one of the more competitive games of the night, but I'll take Brown City very close. I'll, I'll flip a coin and take the home team as well. At least they, they've scored a few more points than KPAC has throughout the year. So uh, give me uh, give me Brown City in this game, but, um, again, neither team going to the playoffs this year. In the Greater Thumb Conference crossover game tonight, we have Cass City at 2-3 and three on the road for Harbor Beach's homecoming, who is 3-2. and two. Cassidy, they led Reese through three quarters last week, but they lost 35-20. to 20. Their lone win is Vassar by nine points. Harbor Beach throttled Sandusky 47-8 last week. They lost to Cassidy last year 38-0. This is going to be the game that tells us where Harbor Beach is. You know, last week was a really nice game on the road at Sandusky, but, you know, Sandusky's pretty banged up. This Cassidy team's coming in, getting a little bit better, went toe-to-toe with Reese. I think it's going to be a really good game, but nobody – and, I mean, nobody, not even Bad X or Ubley, have been able to slow this offense down. I think Harbor Beach's offense, too much for Cass City, but could be an, uh, a pretty competitive game here. I don't think it is. I think you saw the best 
Harbor Beach has played last week, and I think that momentum is going to carry in. The defense is finally making some changes. There's showing some different fronts, at least to slow down the run, and we know nobody can stop this passing game, especially not Cassidy. I think Harbor Beach is going to win by three scores. The Elkton Pigeon Bayport Lakers and the Greater Than West travel to Seawing to take on USA, who's 2-3. and three. Lakers 4-1, and one, their only loss to Ubley back in week number two. And last week, Ethan Wisner saw limited time once again. Wow, I did not know that uh, Ethan Wisner is back. That does make a difference uh, for the Lakers, but you know what? I saw a lot of good things out of USA, and I've seen some good things even in that loss to, to Reese the week before where they were leading. Uh, USA is coming on. They're not a team you want to face. Much better than the record. I'm going to go with USA in this one. I'm with you. I do, too. I, USA is, is fundamentally sound. They're a little bit healthier. Lakers been banged up. They really haven't been able to field that starting roster like they wanted to in the beginning of the year, and I still think they're trying to piece people together. They, they have some pieces on offense. I don't know if they can stop USA on defense, but this might be the game that I keep my eye on as a close one. But I like the home team, USA. You're not going to watch the Carroll at 0-5 at Vassar 2-3? <laughs> no, next game. Okay. <laughs> this, this one's not, unfortunately not a not a, as good game as USA Lakers or Banax Reese, but Carroll blanked by Banax last week 48-0. They scored just two touchdowns since the first week. Vassar looking to tie their record from 2016 with three victories. They lost last year to Carroll 34-30. Yeah, the Tigers just can't get it going. They just cannot find any offense in any way, shape, or form. Uh, Vassar's not a world beater, but Vassar wins this game. Uh, they can't get their offense going, but their defense gives up 49 a night on average, so I, I think they're struggling on both sides of the ball. Give me Vassar by default there. And our final game is the game of the week here, and our media roundtable experts have spoken already. Dan Bakey taking Reese 34-20 to by 14 points. Doug Cole taking Bad X by 6 points, 28-22. to Paul P. Adams taking Bad X by 18 points, 38-20. to And Dave Hansen taking Bad X by 20 points. 40 to 20. It's time for a short break. When we return, we'll take a look at the away team tonight. The Reese Rockets on the road in week number six of the MHSA football season. You're listening to the WLW Sports Network being powered by Anger Valley Services. Listening to the WLW Sports Network. Clark Ramsey, Dave Vanson, Doug Cole, Dan Bank, you their call tonight from the Heron County seat in Bad Axe, Michigan. It's the Greater Thumb West Championship, or closest thing to it, as the 5 0 Reese Rockets take on the 5 0 Bad Axe Hatchets in the sixth week of the regular season. If you were to ask someone to describe Reese in one word, the answer will likely be more times than not football. That or either beer line, which is basically one and the same. In the last 70 years, the Reese Rockets have had just eight coaches, which is less coaches than the Detroit Lions have had since Marty Mordenweg took the wind in overtime in 2002. Vito Tutera set the tone for the program from 1952 through 1966 before Jim Van Paris took over a year later and led the program for 29 years all the way through 1996. Bob Saylor led the program for 14 years starting in 2000 and really led Reese into a golden era of football. Current head coach Cody Reif is in his third year at the helm and is looking to bring the program back to that mentality exactly. Anybody who says coaching doesn't matter, don't tell Bob Saylor that. 76% uh, winning, winning percentage, 116 games versus just 35 losses. He won 10 conference championships, including 2009 to 2013. And since Coach Saylor retired, Reese has had seven straight non-winning 
seasons. Uh, Coach Reif on the other side, he's a graduate from Reese. He was a player for Coach Saylor. He actually played wide receiver. Uh, he's three years so far. He's 9-12, and 12, just a 42% winning percentage. But at 5-0, and 0, it's the best start Reese has had since 2012. Much like any blue blood program in the thumb of Michigan, Reese football has historically been all about a power run game. This season, though, it's all about getting their athletes out in space. Leading this charge will be an undersized but tough-nosed senior quarterback in Tanner Turbush, who has the speed and IQ to go up against any defense. We've seen undersized, speedy quarterbacks make a lot of plays uh, with their legs, with their arms. Uh, the improvisation skills are second to none, and Tanner Turbush is that type of player. 5'10", 150-pound senior. He's 38-66 of 66 passing on the air. He does have two picks, but he's thrown for 720 yards and 11 TDs, averaging 19 yards of completion. He's also the third leading rusher on the team with 160 yards and three more scores. He averages five yards a carry, and a lot of those aren't designed runs. Those are plays that broke down. He rolls out of the pocket, doesn't like what he sees. He tucks it down and takes what the defense gives him, and that's what makes him so special. So for Badax tonight, it be very important to maintain Turbush and keep him contained and force him to make those good throws uh, with those big bodies in front of him. For the 2021 campaign, the Reese Rockets have one of the most balanced attacks in all the Greertham Conference. Through five games, the Rockets have accrued 704 rushing yards with 11 touchdowns, as well as 719 yards and 11 touchdowns through the air. On the ground, Reese has every type of running style in their stable of running backs. And that's what makes him dangerous. We know Levi Foco, he's 6'1", 185-pound senior. He's your classic thumb fullback. Goes right at you. He isn't looking to go around you. He's got five touchdowns on the year, 270 yards rushing, averaging 8.5 yards a carry. Aiden Rayner. He's the speedy guy. He's the guy that likes to pitch it outside, get him to the outside, run in space. He's got 100, 200 yards on the carry with uh, two touchdowns on the season, just 22 carries, but averaging nine yards a crack when he does get a shot. And then Mark is uh, Paul Palm Ryder. There excuse you go. me. I think that changes every yeah, time we catch a uh, Yeah, it, it varies. Uh, he's 5'10", 185-pound senior. He's their wide receiver. He's their change of direction guy. He'll catch screen passes. They'll counter it to him. They'll run jet sweeps. He's kind of their uh, utility player. He will do a lot of different things. It's, keep an eye on him to make a big play tonight. Through the air, Turbush has three targets who never quit on their routes, and as a result, each have more than 100 yards in the season. And Demarcus Palmritter. Levi Foco in West Robinson. No doubt about it. Palm Ryder is the one. He's got most catches are on second and third effort routes where Turbush is scrambling. He's the guy that's out there following his quarterback, eyes in the backfield, seeing if he rolls right. That's where he goes as well. Levi Foco, even though he's a fullback, he's caught nine balls for 140 45 yards and two touchdowns. And Wes Robinson's the other guy. He's a deep threat. He's only caught four balls, but they've equaled 100 yards, and two of them went for touchdowns. So they have a lot of weapons that do a lot of different things Bad X is going to have to be aware of. Defensively, the Reese Rockets are nothing to sneeze at either. Through five weeks, they are allowing 12 and a half points a game, the second-best defense in the Greer Conference, behind only the Bad Axe Hatchets. We'll take a look at them next. We are 24 minutes away from kicking things off. Reese at Bad Axe. Keep it locked on. Your home for high school football, the WLW Sports Network, being powered by Agar Valley Services.
You're listening to the WLW Sports Network. Clark Ramsey, Dave Hanson, Doug Cole, Dan Bank with your call tonight in week number six of the regular season. The Reese Rockets against the Bad Axe Ashes for the Greater Than West title. For just the third time in two decades, the Bad Axe Hatchets have a winning season on their hands with a 5-0 record. It's the best start for the Hatchet program since 2001, 21 seasons ago. That year, Bad Axe started out the year with a 6-0 record before losing to, of all teams, Reese, 24-19 in that ballgame, missing out on the conference title by just one loss to Reese. Tonight, the boys in blue are hoping to change that ever-looming recent history of the Bad Axe program and leading that charge will be second-year head coach Cal Pokley. That's right. He's 10-3 and three in his 13 games as a coach, winning 76% of his games, and he's led this team to their first conference championship since 1995. And in 1995, you remember, Clark, they were part when the Greater Thumb Conference was part of what's known as the Thumb Sea North. Yes. That's how long it's been. So, but... Uh, what can I say? This junior class has been a class they've been talking about for years, and, and they've lived up to the hype so far. And this is the game where we get to put, put their money where their mouths are. It certainly helps when you have an offense that is scoring an average of 37 points a game. It seems that in whatever direction you look on the field, Bad Axe has an offensive weapon to go with it. That starts with their quarterback, or at least the closest thing to what you would call a quarterback when implementing the single-wing offense, and that would be junior athlete Keaton Brown. Yeah, if they run a, a traditional offense, he would still be considered their quarterback. Dual-threat quarterback, 5'11", buck 80 junior. Uh, he plays quarterback. He plays a little defensive back as well. He's the team's leading rusher. He's got 67 carries on the year, a little over 400 yards and four scores, six and a half yards per carry. He's also 19 to 30 through the air. He does have a couple picks, but completing 63% of his passes. He's got over 300 yards through the air and five more TDs, averaging 17 yards of completion. And that dual threat ability, he doesn't have the, uh, the escape ability, make the throws on the run. Everything is designed. He knows where his options are, and he will get rid of the ball in a hurry. But very accurate, strong arm, and will run over you. He can do it all. Now, Dave, for our listeners at home, why don't you walk us through the concepts and keys to making the single-wing offense work for a team like Bad Axe? So it's a very bunched formation, right? So you typically see two guys in the backfield. Normally one is the quarterback and one is the running back in the shotgun. But what you'll see a lot of is the play will go left or right. And sometimes you'll see guys like Griffin Meinhold take the snap. Direct snaps can go to different players in this system. Now, Keaton Brown has taken the bulk of them, but it's something to be aware of. As that play may go to the left, Keaton may become the lead fullback for Griffin Meinhold or vice versa. So a lot of trickery there, and what you'll also see is the two other backs in a wing T will set up behind the tight end position. And then they use them, could be in jet sweep scenarios, you see reverses. They do a lot of different things, and what frustrates some people is that they are so bunched up at the line of scrimmage that they can get caught up in too tight of formations in a scenario where it's not a true power football team. This team does it different. They do run a power type offense, but sometimes they overload those sides and defenses know which side to overload as well. As a team, Bad Axe has accumulated over 1,400 yards on the ground in just five games, an average of 280 rushing yards a game, and they have five running backs with 15 or more carries each. And as after Keaton Brown, it's Griffin Meinhold, Devin Howard, Blake Tulaski, and Evan Shank. Griffin Meinhold, number seven, is the one you want to keep an eye on. They're, they're, he's probably their most explosive playmaker. You'll see him take some snaps in the backfield. You'll see him cover that end. They like to use him in a complete reverse situation, misdirections the opposite way where they run multiple plays to the right, and then, bam, he goes to the weak side and hits him for a big one. He can catch the ball. He can do a lot of different things. 
But some guys that to go unappreciated are Devin Howard, Blake Talaski, even Evan Shank. All these guys are pretty big guys, a little bit more power style football there going right ahead. And then hard to forget guys like Jake McPhee too, who'll get left out of that scenario, but does a lot of blocking as well. Keaton Brown has thrown 30 attempts on the season, completing 19 of them, yet no receiver has more than six receptions, keeping defenses on their toes, having to keep an eye on nearly every offensive weapon the Hatchets have at all times. That includes Jack Hollingsworth, Jake McVie, Griffin Meinhold, and even Drain Romas. No, no question about it, but Jake Hollingsworth and, or Jack Hollingsworth and Jake McPhee have been the two favorites so far, both averaging 17 yards a catch. McPhee's caught a couple touchdowns along the way, but Jake McPhee's the big target. He's like the uh, the red zone threat, so to speak. He's 6'4", 218. He's going to play a lot of fullback. He's going to play a lot of tight end, and you're going to see them utilize him in passing scenarios where they need short gains or in a red zone type scenario where he can just simply go up and beat other receivers. Where Hollingsworth and especially Griffin Meinhold, they can beat you simply by their route running and their great hands. Speaking of Jake McPhee, the junior is one of the leaders on the defensive side of the ball, gobbling up would-be rushers before much damage is even done or even thought about. It just seems like he's in on every play, isn't yes, he? he? Is. I mean, just, and he is. He's a big body, but he's deceptively athletic. He moves side to side really well. At, and against Bad X, or against USA the last time they played, he led the team with seven tackles, recovered a fumble, and, and he's a leading tackler on this team week in and week out. And since week one in Guinness Harbor Beach, Banex has allowed just three touchdowns in four weeks. And tonight, it's a game that determines the future of the greater than West. Reese at Banex, and it's all right here on the WLW Sports Network, being powered by Anchor Valley Services. Kickoff in 14 minutes. You're listening to the WLW Sports Network on Sports Radio 1021 and live worldwide at WLWSports.com. As we're waiting for the marching band to get on the field here for our national anthem, as the crow flies, 41 miles separate Bad Axe and high school schools. For those making the trip tonight from Tuscola County's Denmark Township, it's a 51-mile journey taking just under an hour. You have two main options to get to Bad Axe. It all depends on how many sugary trucks you want to encounter. You can head north on Van Buren Road and eventually get to M25 and head across on Seabing Road. Or you can head east on M81 through Cairo, through Kansas City, and then north on M53. In regards to school size, tonight's feature is the third and seventh largest schools in the Greater Thumb Conference. Reese has 271 students enrolled in high school, according to the MHSA. Badax with 359. So by going by enrollment, it's Badax by 88 students. Tonight's game marks the 25th time that the Rockets and Hatchets have played each other in football every year since 1997. When the Greater Them Conference was formed, this game has taken place with Reese winning 17 of them, Badax at 7, with 6 of them coming in the last 8 years for Badax. On offense this year, Reese is boasting the 4th best offense in the Greater Them Conference, Badax the 5th. The Rockets are averaging 41 points a game, the Hatchets with 37, so on offense it's Reese by 4 points. In the past two weeks, the Rockets have started slow and have come to from behind against USA and Cass City. Reese is allowing an average of 12.5 points a game on defense. Badax gave up 33 points to Harbor Beach in the first few weeks of the season, but have allowed just three touchdowns in the last four weeks. 
on the year. The Hatchets are giving up just 10.5 points per game. The best defense in the Gertham Conference, Reese at number two. So on the defense, it goes in favor of the home team, the Banax Hatchets, by two points. Las Vegas has set their line for the night of the game in their confident line, unless it's wrong. Our colleagues at the Ohio State University in Kamala Harris Sports Wagering Department said after factoring in all possibilities, stats, injury, weather, and location, the spread for tonight's game sits at Banax, eight and a half points. Tonight is the 274th day of the year, meaning they're just 91 days until New Year's Eve. They've got any plans, or are we still going to dance? I thought Ed Klump was doing Oh, that's something. right. Ed Klump's coming with us. That's right. Yeah, we'd like to say hello and thank you to all of our listeners tuning in tonight. Whether you're currently on your way to the game, heading home from work, hanging out with friends in the cleanest garage you have, or perhaps at home reminiscing about years gone by, which, Dave, that leads you to this week's trivia question. And this week's topic, Johnny Carson. Oh, okay. Johnny Carson. It was on this day 59 years ago, October 1st, 1962, that the new version of The Tonight Show began from Studio 6B in Rockefeller Center with a B-list star at the time by the name of Johnny Carson. The Tonight Show originally debuted in 1954 with Steve Allen, then it was Jack Parr, and then Johnny Carson starring in 62. So my question, Dave, to you is how many hosts of The Tonight Show have there been since its debut in 1954? How many hosts? Well, I can think of... Besides Carson, there was Leno and Jimmy Fallon yep. and Conan O'Brien. So yes. I know there's at least four. How many before that, I don't know. Uh, I, I know Carson wasn't the first, so there's got to be five, maybe I'll go six. Yeah, that's correct. Steve, Steve Allen, Jack Parr, Johnny Carson, Jay Leno, Conan, and then currently Jimmy Fallon since 2014. Although Johnny Carson was the host of The Tonight Show from October 1st through 1962 until May 22nd, 1992, he hosted the longest tenure, but did not host the n- most number of shows in history. Jay Leno did that, mostly because of Carson's contract with NBC that allowed him to host just three days a week and receive an additional 15 weeks of vacation a year. So, Dave, my second question, from 1980 onward, how much did Johnny Carson make in a year? Per year after 1980? Yes. Um, wow. I, uh, I'm going to go with, uh, say... 10 million bucks a year. Well, his base salary was $25 million a year in 1980. Uh, yeah, wow. I thought I was on the high end. And then additionally, Johnny Carson would own all the show's contents, be the show's producing entity, and also receive the time slot after The Tonight Show, making way for the David Letterman show. All in all, it's believed that Johnny Carson made more than $100 million every year from 1980 onward. On Johnny's last show, May 22nd, 1992, it's estimated that over 55 million tuned in to watch his final 60 minutes of television. How much like toilet paper at the start of COVID-19, Dave, what items sold out across America in the weeks leading up to Johnny's last show? 1992. Do you remember what you were doing in 1992? Uh, vaguely. <laughs> yeah, not at all. Not really. But um, what would make sense is if they wanted to see Johnny Carson or any replays, they would be looking for VCRs? Yes. VCRs, long before the days of DVRs, Netflix and Hulu, everyone wrote a copy of Johnny's final show. And so VCRs were swept off the shelves nationwide and even sold on the black market before 11.35 p.m. on May 22nd. And speaking of tonight's show, Dave Hanson, where are your three keys to tonight's game? Well, let's start with the home team, the Bad Axe Hatchets. It all starts, begins and ends with that offensive line. If that offensive line wins tonight, the Bad Axe Hatchets will have no reason not to win as well tonight. For the Reese Rockets... Pretty simple for them. Don't fall behind early. They've been falling behind by two and three scores to teams they should have no business being in dogfights with, whether it be Cassidy or whoever it was the week before that. They've fallen behind two scores, and in the second half needed a good chewing and then turn around and put up 30 to win in a close game. 
They will not be able to do that tonight. They fall down two scores in the first quarter. Bad X will continue to throttle them for the rest of the game. They will not allow that to happen. So for Reese, stay in the game early and don't force your quarterback to have to do more than what he already is asked to do. And for Bad X, Turbush is best when he's on the run. When the play breaks down, he gets better. He rolls out, he makes throws on the run, and his veteran receivers adjust with him. They are on the same page. So I think for Bad X, contain him. Keep him in the pocket. Make sure your defensive ends, when they're coming in, they do not allow him to run outside. And I'd like to see this Reese Rocket quarterback beat Bad X by standing in the pocket and throwing over the top of those big bodies on the defensive line, starting with Jake McPhee. If, they, if he can make those throws in the pocket over top of them, then tip my hat to the Reese Rockets if they can go ahead and beat Bad X tonight. Current conditions in Bad X, Michigan are 68 degrees with mostly sunny skies. They are calling for a 2% chance of rain this evening. Winds are out of the southwest at 5 miles per hour and gusting up to 8. It feels like it's 68 degrees out. Bear Max pressure is dropping at 30.16 inches. And the dew point's at 55 degrees. And we are ready to kick things off. Bad X won the toss, elected to receive tonight. And that's where we're starting. The kicker for the Reese Rockets would be number 59, Griffin Google, a 5'10", 195-pound senior. Deep back for the Bad Axe Hatchets would be Blake Tulaski, number 20, and number 24, Drayton Romas. For the Bad Axe Hatchets in their blue uniforms with a stars and stripes on the shoulders. Kick comes into the 30-yard line, brought in by Evan Shank. He pushes forward across the 35, and forward progress has him out to the 36-yard line for a six-yard return on special teams. And with 11.52 left in the first quarter, it is 0-0, bad accident offense, first and 10, right to left across your radio. We saw recent warm-ups really working on that, that squib kick. We saw, they did it for probably half an hour with their special teamers working on recovering those kicks, and, and it actually worked really well there. A, a low, hard kick that when it hits the turf, it makes a nasty bounce. The Jack Hollinsworth actually has it bounce off of him, but fortunately falls right to the arms of Evan Shank, and Badak starts with pretty good field position to start the evening. Single wing to the left, splitting the hash marks right at the 35-yard line. Receiver wide to the left. That be number 17, Jack Hollingsworth. Direct snap to Keaton Brown. He pushes through the trenches, gets out to the 38-yard line for a three-yard gain on first and 10. Tackle made by Aiden Rayner, linebacker, 5'8", 165-pound junior for the Rockets. Second down and seven from the 38. It's a good start for the Reese Rocket defense because that's exactly what Badex is going to show you what they want to do early, and you're going to see that overloaded side to the left, and when Keaton takes that snap, Keaton Brown goes right to the left, follows McPhee, follows all those guys through the hole. Reese is able to block all those guys up and only allow a couple yards on first down. Second and seven for the Hatchets from their own 38-yard line at the left hash, right to left across your radio in their military appreciation uniforms tonight. Direct snap to Evan Schenck. He has wide open lane to run through. He's all the way out to the 38, maybe even the 39-yard line. Reese had to react when it was all too late already. Stop made by Aiden Rayner once again for his second tackle tonight. It is a third and manageable, just a third and two to go. Again, Evan Shank is one of those guys that's going to go straight ahead, but you never know exactly how he's going to get the ball. That time, you see the quarterback, Brown, show a high snap and a pitch out to the left, and he runs that way, but the direct snap goes right to Evan Shank. And as soon as he gets it, it's straight ahead. Reese Obviously aware of where Brown is on the field. They rotate with him, leaving the middle of the field wide open for Shank to bring up a third down and short. 
FedEx overloading the right side of the single wing. It's a direct snap to Evan Shank again. Same result as well. He's across, has the first down, and all the way to midfield. And into Reese territory, the 49-yard line. When all said and done, it is an eight-yard gain tackle made by the secondary. Cameron Castle, actually linebacker, brings him down, chasing him down. The junior linebacker, first and ten for Bad in Reese territory. If it isn't broke, don't fix it. It's the exact same play, except this time the quarterback fakes a snap to the other side of the field. But it's a it's directly snapped to Evan Shank. The rest of it is all just trying to distract the defense, and it works again. A huge hole for Evan Shank to run to and an easy first down for the Hatchets. Maddox, we see no time already at the line of scrimmage at the Reese 49-yard line, first and 10, 0-0. We played less than two minutes. Bad snap, hits the turf, but he rubs up by number 44, Devin Howard. He has room, and he's still on his feet at the 45-yard line of Reese. When all said and done, a four-yard gain. Tackle made, pushed out of bounds by big man Levi Foco, linebacker, 6'1", 185-pound senior, second down and six. Wow, that's a, that could have been a disastrous yes, for that, that snap literally rolled back to the, the quarterback, and uh, very aware of it was Devin Howard. He picked it up and kicked outside to the left, and... He turned into a six-yard gain, a heck of a play there, five-yard gain, whatever it was. But that play could have gone for a loss of five or been a turnover in no time. But instead, he's, he's aware of the situation, picks it up, and follows his blockers along the left side and turns it into a really nice gain on first down. Second and six from the Reese 45-yard line. Direct snap to Keaton Brown. He pushes forward out to the 41-yard line. Banex grabbing offensive yards in chunks so far. This time for a four-yard gain stop made by Levi Fogo, his second tackle. Third down and two yet again. So what you see for Bad X is you see everybody on the line. You see Keaton Brown to the right on this play, Devin Howard to his left, and then over top the tackle and between the fullback and the tight end is you see Jake McPhee with Meinhold on the end as well. And So they're overloaded to the left, and that's exactly what happens. Brown is the quarterback to the right. He, he follows ball those guys through the hole to the left, picks whatever gap he wants, and finds enough to bring up third and short. Working from the Reese 41-yard line. Third down and two from the left hash, right to left across your radio. Single wing to the right, direct snap to Keaton Brown. Cuts back in inside the right gap and gets out across. Has the first down down to the 34-yard line. They're actually going to mark him down back to the 36-yard line for a five-yard gain. Tackle made by Wes Robinson out of the secondary. Move the chains. Bad X, two for two on third down. So, so this time they, they flip it over. They do the overload to the right. Keaton Brown's. In, this, in the backfield on the left side with Devin Howard to the right, McPhee just in front of him, Meinhold covers up the tackle, and then Hollinsworth's out to the right. So all their playmakers are off to the right-hand side, and they allow Keaton Brown to follow those blockers. They seal off the edge, so he cuts right up the middle and grabs that first down. Direct snap to Keaton Brown with lead blockers in front of him. Gets all the way out to the 29-yard line. Banek still gaining those yards in chunks. A 70-yard gain this time for Keaton Brown. Tackle made by number 24, Cameron Castle, linebacker for the Rockets. Second down and way manageable, second down and four. I know it's the first series, but so far you're seeing Bad X up front pushing Reese back those couple yards and allowing one or two yards before Bad X even has to decide what hole to they want to cut through and get those chunk yards you keep referring to. Keaton Brown checks out for a play. Number 44, Devin Howard checks in. It's direct snap to Griffin Meinhold instead. Finds that same gap Brown did earlier, and he gets out another first down, this time on second down, and gets out for a seven-yard gain tackle made by DeMarcus Palmritter out of the secondary for the Rockets. And Badax is inside the red zone of the 23-yard line. First and 10. And Badax will do this. Uh, again, Keaton Brown's not 100% healthy, and even uh, in week one when we saw uh, when they played Harbor Beach, they rotated him out to give him a breather, and then that allows him to catch his breath, kind of, Diagnose the situation. He's still a junior quarterback. They can call him the next play. He's ready to run it in. 
But this offense doesn't lose a beat with Griffin Meinhold in there. The aerial threat goes down, but right now they're just running it right into the teeth of this Reese Rocket defense. From the 23, first and 10, and it's a direct snap to Griffin Meinhold, breaks through the trenches, gets through the linebacking core, and is finally down at the 15-yard line. Tracked down by Cameron Castle once again for the Rockets. Second down in just two yards to go, an eight-yard gain on first and 10. And this is setting up really, really bad for Reese because Badax hasn't even scratched the surface yet. They might not be even the second paragraph of the first page of their playbook yet as they're attacking this defense, getting these chunk plays. You haven't seen Meinhold with a reverse yet. You haven't even seen Keaton Brown threaten to throw the ball yet, which are all huge weapons they have in their playbook. And right, right now, haven't needed it. 7.15 left of the first, 0-0. Bad X on their first offensive series. They're at the Reese 15-yard line. Direct snap to Evan Schenk, and Reese gets close to the... The line of the scrimmage there, but not until after a first down is gained. Just just a mere four yards, maybe even five yards on that one. And another first and ten for the Bad Axe Hatchets from the 11-yard line. Evan Schink with the carry, tackle made by Levi Foco. Right, and that's not a play that they lean on, but that, that direct snap to Evan Schenk has worked so well the first couple times that they're calling it again and again. And what they're finding is, is that Reese is a little bit smaller up front and that they're very worried about the big play, the one that goes outside and hits them for a big gain, that they're leaving room in the middle and Coach Pokley and company sees that gap in the middle and they're allowing guys like Evan Shank to attack it. Direct snap to Keaton Brown. He's upended just across the 10-yard line down to the 9, brought down by Levi Fogo for the Reese Rockets. After the shortest play tonight, just two gained yards for Keaton Brown on first and 10. Sets up a second and eight from the Reese 9-yard line. You talk about overloading the right side with with the extra running back on the right, with Jake McPhee just in front of him on the right, and, and Meinhold in front of him. You see guys like Sam Hass pulling from the left guard also going through that gap as well and just completely forcing Reese on that side to block a whole bunch of people. He makes a nice block there that even allowed the running to get two yards. Direct snap to Devin Howard coming around the left end down to the, the five-yard line. He has the edge. Touchdown, Badax. With 5.54 left in the first quarter, Badax strikes on their first offensive drive tonight. It is Badax striking first blood. It's 6-0. Hatchets over the Rockets. 5.54 left in the first quarter. Got to be impressed with that first drive. They absolutely force the ball, running it every single time right into the teeth, testing this Reese defense right up front, that front seven. And they got owned on this series as uh, Badax now lines up uh, for their extra point. Going for potentially two points here. 5.54, that was a 65-yard drive covering six minutes in six seconds off the clock. Kept off with a Devin Howard nine-yard dive into the end zone. And Badax is going for two points here. Which is surprising because Griffin Meinhold might be the best kicker in the area. But knowing how well they ran the football here, I can't blame him for trying it. It's a handoff to Devin Howard. He's trying to find his effort there on a second and third effort. Gets down to the one-yard line. The two-point conversion fails. It is 6-0. Badax leading the Reese Rockets with 5.54 left in the first quarter on the W. LW Sports Network. The Bad Axe Hatches strike first again tonight. They lead 6-0 over the Reese Rockets. And for the third straight week, the Reese Rockets will be playing from behind here in the first quarter. 
After a nine-yard dive into the end zone for Devin Howard, makes it 6-0, the two-point conversion failed, capping off a 12-play, 65-yard drive, covering six minutes and six seconds off the clock. 5.54 left here in the first quarter. It's Bad Axe 6, Reese nothing. As Griffin Meinhold kicking off from his own 40-yard line to the left side of your radio, bounces to the 35, comes down to the 20-yard line, and brought in by Levi Foco. As lead blocker cuts back inside of the hash and gets down at the 33-yard line for a 13-yard pickup. And we have an injured player out there. That would be Mitchell Stricker for the Reese Rockets. Tackle made by number 56, Austin Vollmering. Also plays right guard, defensive tackle for the Bad Axe Hatchets. First and 10 for Reese at their own 34-yard line. Yeah, Griffin Meinhold kind of doing exactly what Reese did. That squib kick, that low end over end bullet that just forces that football to bounce in a lot of different directions. And Reese is able to corral it nicely, but it started at about a similar spot that Bad X did on their first drive at their own about 34-yard line. 34-yard line indeed. 5-12 remaining here in the first quarter. 6-0. Bad X leading the Reese Rockets. The Rockets on offense for the first time tonight. Center receiver wide to the right. In the pistol would be number 13, Tanner Turbush, starting quarterback, senior, 5'10", 150 pounds for the Reese Rockets, but tough nose. Rolling to his left, looking down to pass the right thrower. is caught at the 42-yard line, and he has no one in front of him. Demarcus Palmritter is down, and he is going to be in for the score on the very first play of offense for the Reese Rockets. He's in for the end zone. A 66-yard strike from Tanner Turbush to Demarcus Palmritter ties this ball game up with 4.42 left in the first quarter. All tied after one play. Wow, that and that's just too easy, but that's the passing game that we've been seeing is Bad Axe lines up man-to-man. -man. There's there's no deep safety to make sure that a big play doesn't happen. And when the defensive back dives to, to knock the football down, the ball is thrown perfectly to the outstretched arms for Palm Rider. And as soon as he gets by that fallen defender, it's a sprint down the sideline, and nobody's beating him. So Reese counters quickly with a, with a touchdown. Yeah, just one play, 66 yards. And surprisingly, took a minute 12 off the clock. Griffin Google ready for the extra point. The kick is up. It is through the uprights. Reese takes the lead, 7-6 with 4.42 left in the first quarter. We've got ourselves a Barnburger, 6-7. Bad X trails by one point. After Bad X's 12-play drive covering 65 yards and six minutes off the clock, Reese responds in one play in 66 yards. A Palm Raider 66-yard catch from Tanner Turbush makes it 6-6. Gurgles extra point makes it 7-6, and Bad X now trails. Getting the kick in at the 14-yard line. That's Blake Tulaski across to the 30-yard line, and he's upended by number seven, Aiden Rayner. And at a second effort, gets out to the 32-yard line for the Bad Axe Hatches, so they're back on offense, trailing by one point, seven to six, with four and a half to play here in the first quarter. Yeah, Bad Axe traditionally has been a very good extra point kicking team so far this season. We'll see if that going for two and failing costs them later in this game, trailing one early in the first quarter. They have a 67 yard field in front of them, working from their 33 yard line for this first and 10 at the right hash, right to left grass radio for the remaining four minutes and 30 seconds here in the first 12 minutes of play. Receiver wide to the left, Hollingsworth as usual. Keaton Brown and Evan Schenk in the backfield. Jake McFeeger blocking back and Blake Tulaski far right. As a reverse to Devin, Griffin Meinhold, he has room to run. Out to the 40-yard line, cuts to the near sideline. He's still on his feet, cuts back in, and he's going to be brought down. And actually breaks free of that one and all the way across the 45-yard line. And they say he stepped out of bounds at the 
49-yard line. So from the 33 out to the 49, a 16-yard pickup for Griffin Meinhold on a second, third, and fourth effort, first and 10. And you can see that coming, right? We saw the whole first series, it was just power football, and they run it right into their teeth. We mentioned, you haven't seen the reverse yet. You haven't seen them even attempt to throw the ball. They are luring Reese in closer and closer, trying to take away this power running game. And as soon as they do, they hit him on the weak side, and Meinhold makes him pay with a big gain on first down. Meinhold runs out of bounds, stops the clock with 4.20 left here in the first. 7-6, Reese leading Bad Axe on their second offensive series. Direct snap to Keaton Brown. As positive yards and is dropped at the Reese 47-yard line by number 11, Wes Robinson out of the secondary for the Rockets. A four-yard gain, a second down and six for Bad Axe, 4.07 to play in the first quarter. That's right back to that first series. Four, five, six yards on first down. Just forcing this Reese defense to stay on the field for these long drives. Baddock's trying to add another touchdown here, get back in the lead. Second down and six from the Reese 47-yard line, less than four to play. Now seven to six, Reese leading. Reese scores on just one play. Turbush to Palmreiter for 66 yards. Single wing to the right, working off the right hash. Hollingsworth wide to the right. Direct snap to Keaton Brown. He thought about passing, now he takes it for himself, and he goes absolutely nowhere. Reese was ready for that one. And they bring him down at the 47-yard line. Tackle made by Reese, number 24, Cameron Castle, linebacker. Third down and six. So the plays that have been working on Reese's defenses are the ones that attack quickly. That direct snap to Shank, where he hits the defense quickly, or the plays where they go out to the right, and then quarterback Keaton Brown, or whether it's Meinhold, cuts up the middle quickly. This was a designed quarterback draw where he fakes a pass and then runs right in the middle of the defense. And you saw Reese wasn't buying it. And the slower it developed, the better Reese was at defending it. Went nowhere. And now the longest third down Maddox has had to face yet tonight, third down and six. From the Reese 47-yard line at the right hash, Maddox hurries to the line of scrimmage. Hollingsworth wide to the left, single wing to the right, overloading that right side. Reese defense adjusts accordingly. Way in the snap, going for the hard count. Direct snap, it's a reverse to Griffin Meinhold. And white jerseys swarm to him at the 45-yard line for just a two-yard gain. Then this will be a fourth down and four upcoming. T stop made by Cameron Castle, that linebacker, 5'11", 175-pound junior. Fourth and four. I, I don't love the call there. That is a play that you like to work in when you've lured in that defense. You already showed it on this series. I don't love it, but... For me, this is four down territory, so you didn't need all six yards on that play. You wanted about half. You didn't quite get it, but I would have I would have loved to see them run that power game. They haven't stopped him hardly at all yet on these first two series, but now on fourth down and four, the whole playbook's open. They could allow another pass. They could simply trust their offensive line to win and allow that power game to get a first down. We'll see what Coach Pokley decides to do here on this fourth and four call. And they're going from it from Reese's 45-yard line, fourth and four, and we have a timeout called by Cal Pokley in the hatches with a minute 44 left in the first quarter. It is Reese seven, Bad Axe six in the W. LW Sports Network being powered by Anger Valley Services. Fourth and four for the Bad Axe Hatches coming out of their first time out of this second half, or first half. Single wing to the right. Hollingsworth wide right at receiver. 
Direct snap to Devin Howard. Takes his time. He's going to be a scrum right at the 42-yard line. Not enough. And they're going to be shy of that first down marker by a half a yard. And Badax is going to be turned over on downs, giving the ball back to the Reese Rockets. Cannot convert on their fourth, fourth down this evening. And the Rockets back on offense with a one-point lead. Tackle made by Jake Rao. And we have a couple of white jerseys down. That's number 62, Nathan Torres, as well as number 31, Demarcus Palmritter. First and ten for the Reese Rockets. Devin Howard must be the short down yardage guy that they they like the best, and uh, he looked like he had it for a second, and all of a sudden he hit a wall, and he did. He got three and a half yards, and that was it. And uh, this series is going to stop early, and this bad axe defense is going to be tested here again by uh, Turbush and company. We'll see if they can slow down the passing game of Reese. So the Reese Rockets back in offense with a one point lead, seven to six. 96 seconds here left in the first quarter. Left to right across your radio in the white-clad Reese Rockets. Maroon helmets, yellow stripe down the center, gold face mask. Reese on either side of the helmet. Tanner Turbush in the pistol, running back behind him. That'd be Aiden Rayner. Three receivers wide to the left. Now we have motion, and this is going to be false start against the Reese Rockets. So Disco Knight early here in Bad Axe is going to push it back from a first and 10 at their own 42 to a first and 15 at their own 37. Ball start, number 23 on the offense. There you go. Even going with the number tonight. I, I like it. I, I do like it. I like it. But that uh, that might be just what the Bad Axe defense needed, a little breather there, force them back five yards. This is a great opportunity now to get them off the field in three plays, but we saw what Reese can do in one play. They can get 60 yards in a hurry, so we'll see if this man-to-man -man pass defense can hold up. First and 15 from the 37, back to pass. Turbush quick in the, the slant route to DeMarcus Primritter. Palmritter gets out of his first tackle but can't stay on his feet. He gets out to the 49-yard line. A 12-yard pickup tackle made by Badex's Blake Tulaski, number 20 out of the secondary, 5'10", 170-pound senior. Second down and just three to go for the Reese Rockets. Now that's a way to get that penalty yardage back. <laughs> yeah, and some, so. isn't it? And it's a slant right up the middle, so you're allowing these defensive backs one-on-one -on -one coverage, and you allow a great route runner like like that to look at the defender, plan his foot, and make that cut. And Turbush hits him right on the money. He's able to catch it and run after the catch. Almost breaks free there for an even bigger game. Turbush on the keeper goes around the left side. He spins out of his first tackle, but he's still at that original line of scrimmage at the 49-and-a-half-yard line. A gain of a half a yard. They might give him a yard based on the stop. And a stop made by Hayden Miles, defensive tackle, 5'11", 190-pound junior for the Bad Axe Hatchets. Third down and two for midfield. But that play starts with uh, with guys like Devin Howard and Jake McPhee. They're in the backfield forcing Turbush to spin out of tackles, and he's not allowed to cut. And that allows the rest of the Bad Axe defense to chop him down short of that first down marker. And if you're Bad Axe, you're going to have to take a few guys out of the box, get somebody back there to try and cut down these passing lanes, Yes, you may allow a little bit better running game for Reese, but right now you can tell they want to throw it on you. Turbush looking to pass down to the far sideline. It is caught at the 45-yard line, has the first down, brought in by Jesse Stricker. His first reception in four weeks, first and 10 for Bannex, or for Reese inside of Bannex territory. But Jack Hollinsworth is in coverage, and when, when Stricker catches that ball, Hollinsworth is almost 10 yards away. That's how good the route was ran. He puts his head down and stops. About five yards down the field, shows his jersey to Turbush, and Turbush puts it right on the money. And by the time Hollinsworth just realizes that it's a curl route, plants and recovers back to the play. It's an easy throw and catch and an easy first down for Reese. 
First and 10 from the Bad Axe 45 yard line, left, right across her radio. 8.9 seconds left here in the first quarter. Turbush hands off to Aiden Rayner, and Bad Axe finds him in the backfield. Jake McPhee leading the charge from linebacking position. A loss of a yard on the play. Tangle for a loss for McPhee to start his night out. And it's second and 11, and we've reached the end of the first quarter with a one point ball game. 7 to 6. The Reese Rockets lead the Bad Axe Hatchets on the WLW Sports Network. Bringing blitz on second and 11. They pass it out, and it's brought in by Levi Foco. He has the first down by a yard out to the 30, 29, 34 yard line. Pushed out of bounds by the Bad Axe secondary. Number 11, Keaton Brown, this free safety pushes him out. Another conversion for the Reese Rockets. First and 10 at the Bad Axe 34 yard line. For Bad Axe, the blitz works. They get in the backfield, but Turbush is allowed to roll outside. He rolls to his right where he can throw on the run, throw it easily. And Keaton Brown's in decent coverage, but. Turbush is an elite type thrower in this area, and he throws it right on the money and a first down. So if you're bad X, you're going to blitz. you got to keep him in the pocket. Make him come into you. Don't let him roll out because that's where he's at his best. Fogo in motion to the near sideline. Turbush throws out. He's wide open. That is Wes Robinson, but is thrown out of bounds at the eight-yard line of bad X. Off the mark, Wes Robinson was looking over his left shoulder when it was at his right, and it actually went out of bounds as well. Incomplete. Stops the clock, 11.47 left here in the second quarter. Second down and 10 from the Bad X 34-yard line. Hollinsworth got free there, and I think that forced Turbush to float it a little more than he wanted. And when he did, the air under the football had sailed to the sideline. No chance for a completion. So the Bad X pressure finally gets to Tanner Turbush there, forcing his first incompletion. 7-6, the Reese Rockets lead the Bad Axe Hatchets in Bad Axe at week number six of the regular season. Winner of tonight goes, has the driver's seat of the Greater Than West Championship. That's actually a three-way tie for first place right now between Bad Axe, Reese, and Lakers. Second down and 10 from the 34. Bad Axe, Turbush staying in the pocket, back to pass. Scrambling to his left to the near sideline. He's going to keep it for himself. He has the edge. He's down to the 25 and pushed out of bounds at the 23-yard line. And pushed out of bounds by Jake McPhee. Who else out there? First down, move the chain, stops the clock at the 21-yard line with 11.39 left in the first quarter, second quarter. That time, Bad X only rushes three. Everybody's back in coverage, and everybody's covered. Blanket coverage everywhere. So Turbush, again, he's allowed to roll out of the pocket. This time, he strolls up the left sideline, and it took Jake McPhee coming from the way back middle of the field to cut him down. But not until Reese finds themselves with another first down. From the 21-yard line, first and 10, right to left across your radio are the away team tonight. The Reese Rockets, they lead by 1.7 to 1.76, and they're knocking on the door for the second time tonight. Their first drive consisted of just one play for 66 yards. So now they are on their seventh play, now onto their eighth play in this drive. They start at the, their own 42-yard line. They're at the Bad Axe 21. Saying two wide to the right, two wide to the left. Turbush in the pistol has Rayner behind him. Fogel in motion to the near sideline, trips to the left. Way the snap, snap back, good snap, back to pass through the same exact play to Wes Robinson in the end zone. He's open, and he is incomplete, but there is pass interference, quite blatant pass interference, right at the goal line, and this will be an, a first down, automatic first down, move the chains down inside the 10. That's just a mismatch. Wes Robinson, 6'3", Logan Miles in coverage is 5'9", and they roll everybody to the left. They bring a guy in motion, trips to the left, and they allow Wes Robinson to just have free reign to the back corner of the end zone, and it's just throw it up in the air and let your guy go get it. And 
Logan Miles is, is in decent coverage, but he's recovering to get into that position. He never turns around. He runs into the receiver as the ball is getting there just a little bit before in a pretty easy pass interference call. Oh, very much so. So it's 15-yard penalty. And moves the chains. Actually, he's probably half the distance to the goal line. Automatic first down this time. And so from the 21-yard line down to the... Hey, hey. They're not quite sure yet, so it should be about the 10-and-a-half-yard line. As Congress is trying to figure this one out. 11.33 <laughs> left in the second quarter, 7-6, to six, and there we go. The 10-and-a-half-yard line, and it is first and 10 to go. First down marker will be right at about the half-yard line. Reese by one point, 7-6. Same formation, two wide to the right, two to the left. That'd be Palm Ritter. And Jesse Stricker to the left, Foco, and Robinson to the right. Turbush in the pistol, Rayner behind him. Now DeMarcus Palmritter going to his right, and it's an option out to Palmritter. They played this multiple times, and Badak sniffed it out as well. And they bring Palmritter back down at the 19-yard line for a 9-yard loss, but there's flags flying all over the place at the site of the tackle of the 19-yard line. We'll see where this one ends up, whether it's on the Badak's hatches or the Reese Rockets, potentially a hold. Flags thrown in the backfield. So that's typically on an offensive lineman who got beat trying to trying to hold somebody from making a play in the backfield. It is a hold against the bat or Reese Rockets. So I'd like to think that they will decline this one, take the nine-yard loss, as well as the down. Hey. Hey. Holding on the offense, number 58. Hey, Penalty is declined. It'll be second down. So that was actually the center, Connor Google, with the penalty and the hold on that it is declined so they are going to take the down it's at the 20 yard line so it's a nine yard nine yard loss for that one it's first down and 19 to go for the reese rockets little hope here for the manx defense yeah they, they could really use a stop here and change the momentum of this game because right now reese's passing game is winning and these undersized defensive backs are just a matchup nightmare for this Reese Rocket wide receivers. They are big, they are fast, and they, they have shown to be good route runners so far. So if you're Bad X, you're gonna have to mix up your combinations of blitzes, man-to-man -man coverage, and even some zone to try and catch some of these, uh, catch a quarterback off guard and make a bad decision. So now Congress is really in session. They can't quite figure out this infrastructure bill, and they put it down at the 18-yard line, 17-yard line. And it should be second down, 17 to go from the 17 and a half yard line. There we go. Reese breaks their huddle, coming up to the line of scrimmage, and they're all white uniforms, maroon helmets, gold face masks. Same formation. Stricker and Palmritter to the left, to the right, Foco and Robinson. Turbush in the pistol, Rayner behind him. Aiden Rayner has come alive in the past few uh, games for the Reese Rockets. Turbush back to pass, rolling to his left, throwing down. A flag flies, throws down to the end zone. This one is brought in. No, it is not. They say Palmritter incomplete inside the end zone. He's out of bounds. He doesn't agree with that one. He'll be in his head for that for the rest of the game. 11-10 left here in the second quarter, and we have another penalty. This will be a hold against the Reese Rockets. Do they take the yards or do they take the down, Dave? I think... Uh First things first, I, I disagree with him too. I think Palm Raider was in the end zone. I think it was a touchdown. But uh, besides that point, it's going to matter. There's going to be a hold. And uh, at this point, I think I take the loss down. Well, it's from the spot of the foul, which would be at the 23-yard line. So that would be a five-yard loss from that spot. So it would be holding on the offense, number 77. Hey, let's go, 
10-yard penalty, remains second down. So that's on Jake Rao, the left tackle, six foot three, 240-pound beast out there, a senior for the Reese Rockets. They take the penalty, and it's now second down in a country mile. The first down, or the line of scrimmage is at the 34-yard line for the for Reese Rockets. The first down marker is at Pinnabog Road. This still doesn't make it a lot easier for Badax because this this just opens up more field for this passing that, offense yeah. to attack. And we saw when Badax only rushed three, Turbush made him pay with his feet with a double-digit gain on the ground. 10, 12, 15 yards was no big deal for him rushing the football. So for Badax, even though it's a long ways to go, you still have to remain disciplined and keep the ball in front of you. Turbush rolling to his right, throws it nearly in intercepted at the 25-yard line by Griffin Meinhold. <laughs> Pass was intended for number 81, Jesse Stricker. Incomplete, third down in the country mile from the 34-yard line. I know Meinhold wanted that one back to take it away, but he did a great job of knocking that ball down. That is a win for the Bad X defense because now third down in a country mile. This makes things a little bit tougher for Reese. Bad X can play a little softer coverage, keep the ball in front of you. Number one, do not get beat deep because Reese is looking to burn one of those defensive backs and try to hit big and score on third and long. Third and 32 for the Reese Rockets. It is seven to six, Reese leading the Bad Axe Hatchets. Reese trying to get something together here as they are been penalty riddled here in the second drive tonight. Three wide to the right, one to the left. One man in the backfield, Rainer Turbush in the pistol. You'll see this. Uh, You'll see this all night from the Reese Rockets. Sane in the pocket, back to pass. Turbush throws downfield to the corner of the end zone to Robinson. This one's lofted, and it falls incomplete at the eight-yard line. Robinson upset about that one, falls incomplete. Good defense there from the Bad Axe Hatches by Griffin Meinhold. And now fourth in ways to go for the Reese Rockets. Bring out the field goal unit. Google's got the leg. He does, but I, I think there's a better chance that they just throw one, heave one deep down the field here and see if they can't draw a penalty, knowing that, again, Meinhold in better coverage here. But that ball floated on Turbush, which allowed Meinhold to get coverage. But you still don't see these defensive backs turning and looking for the football, and that makes them vulnerable. And an opportunity to get a penalty would be huge for Reese right now. So I, I foresee them, again, trusting their offense to throw it down the field. It is fourth and 32. They need to get down to the half-yard line. They are at their Badax 33-yard line. They keep the offense on the field. West Robinson wide to the right. Everyone else to the left. That would be Foco, Stricker, Rayner, and, and Palmritter. Turbush in the backfield. Alls by his lonesome. In the pistol. Surveying the prairie. Badax going out, and they go with the screen pass out to the left. Flea flicker out to the wide. Down to this. And Brock nearly picked off, but good, good idea from Keaton Brown. Batted down to the ground on fourth down. So Reese has another turnover on downs to go along with Badax's turnaround downs. It's still one point ball game, seven to six. Reese leading the Badax back in offense, coming up with a huge defensive series. And that's a veteran leader there by Keaton Brown, not to be fooled by the play. He's the only one left. He's the deep safety, and he cuts that ball down. And on top of that, he simply knocks the ball down. A lot of these players would have loved to add that interception to their their bag of tricks, to their their uh, their hero their trophy case at home you know what i'm talking about not this case knock the ball down you can see a little wave of the finger not here i know better than that take the field position now instead of picking off a pass at your own 10 they start this drive at their own 32 with a chance to retake the lead with 10:50 to go in the second quarter 10:51 before the half is over bad axe offense back on the field from their own 33 yard line keaton brown breaks free across midfield and finally brought down to the 46 yard line a huge run 
of 22 yards for Keaton Brown and the Hatchets move the chains. And on third down and five and on fourth down and four, that's the guy I want carrying the football. No offense to the other guys. Let's let your best players make some plays for this team. And you see Keaton Brown make it pay right here on first down. After 12 plays for the Reese Rockets, they come up empty-handed at turnover and downs. That's two straight drives between the two teams on turnover and downs. Defense suddenly coming up. It's the first and second best defenses in the Greater Thumb Conference tonight on display. We're starting to see that. From the Reese 47-yard line, left to right across your radio, receiver wide to the left, that'd be Hollingsworth. Single wing to the left, Brown and Shank. Direct snap to Brown. He gets across the trenches and lunges forward out to the 45-yard line for about two and a half yards on the gain. Sets up a second down and eight. Tackle made by number 77, Jake Rowell, for the Reese Rockets. Second and eight. We'll see how this affects the uh, Bad X running game, but Hayden Miles starting offensive lineman checked out of the last play after that big run. Still standing up, trying to stretch it out. Looks like he tweaked something, an ankle. I'm uh, not exactly sure, but uh, he's certainly trying to work something out there. Hopefully he's not out for too many plays for Badex. Second down, eight to go. 9.48 left here in the second quarter. Seven to six, Reese leading Badex on offense with little momentum on their side. Single wing to the right, splitting the hash marks at the Reese 44-yard line. Hollingsworth wide to the right. Direct snap to Evan Schenk. Has a seam. He has positive yards across the 40 and drags three defenders with him all the way down close to that first down stick about a half yard short. It's going to be a gain of seven on the play. Tackle made by number 13 for the Reese Rockets, Tanner Turbush. And I can't believe how many times that direct snap to, to Shank has worked, but there it is again, and he just plows forward and has that first down marker on the mind. He's tackled about a half a yard short, but again, Keaton Brown selling a play out to the right, a pitch or a sweep out to the right. Instead, it goes directly to Shank, and he powers straight ahead, no side to side whatsoever, and pushes forward right just shy of that first down marker. Same formation, single wing to the right. In the backfield, Devin Howard, as well as Evan Shank, and it's a direct snap to Shank. He has the first down, and he's out to the 35-yard line before forward progress is stopped for a three-yard gain. Levi Foco, the linebacker on the stop, move the chains, a third down conversion for the Mad Axe Hatchets marching down the field. Same exact play, just the only difference is you see Howard calling the snap count. He sells the fake out to the right, direct snap right to Shank, and he powers straight ahead for that first down. First and 10 from the 34-yard line. 8.40 left, train goes by here in Bannocks. Week number six. You'll see Griffin Meinhold now check in. He's going to take a few snaps at quarterback. We mentioned in the pregame, we didn't know how healthy Keaton Brown is. Nursing a, a lower leg, an ankle, foot-type injury. So seeing him kind of stretch that out, take a breather here now as you'll see seven. Meinhold take the snap here. First and 10, direct snap two. Meinhold leaps across the line, out to the 30, and all the way out to the 26-yard line. A nice run for Griffin Meinhold. Finally stopped by DeMarcus Palmritter for the Reese Rockets. A gain of nine in the play. Second down and very manageable for the Bad X Hatchets. One thing you'll see with Meinhold versus Brown, you don't lose any of that burst. You don't lose any of that vision, dependability, security to football. They're almost identical as they hit that same gap, run that same offense, and a big gain on first down for Griffin Meinhold. 7.55 left here in the first half. It's 7-6, Reese leading the Bad X Hatchets, but the Bad X Hatchets knocking on the red zone for the second time tonight. Second down and two to go. They need to get out just to the other side of the 25-yard line. In the backfield, Keaton Brown as well as Devin Howard. Jake McPhee leading blocking back for the Hatchets. Keaton Brown with a direct snap, finds a gap, has room to run all the way down to the 21-yard line, move the chains after a six-yard gain. Tackle made by Jake Rowe, defensive end, 6'3", 240-pound senior for the Rockets. 
First and 10 from the 21. And direct snap right to Keaton Brown, and he's going to follow Devin Howard. He's going to follow Jake McPhee. Watch where the blockers go, and then find that opening. And as soon as he sees a little bit of daylight, doesn't take long, and Keaton Brown hits that gap and move the chains for Bad X. Another first down. First and 10 from the 21. Inside the red zone, left to right across the radio in their blue home uniforms, stars and stripes across the shoulders. Navy helmets, hatchet on either side of the helmet. Navy face masks, sporting the new Zenith brand helmets. Made in Detroit, Michigan. Single wing to the right is Keaton Brown looking back to pass, throws down to the end zone to Griffin Meinhold. It's in his hands, it is caught! Touchdown, Badak, 6.46 left in the second quarter. And Griffin Meinhold brings in the pass from Keaton Brown from 21 yards out. And the Badak's catches retake the lead. It's Badak's 12, Reese 7. What a throw and maybe an even better catch by Griffin Meinhold as they sell the run. Keaton Brown had an opportunity to run. He just kind of hesitates his way to his right. And there's one route to go to, and that's Griffin Meinhold. He comes from the weak side all the way across the field, left to right, into the back right corner of the end zone. And perfect touch thrown right over the shoulders. And Griffin Meinhold with his outstretched arms, he's the only guy that's going to make a play on it, and he does. Hauls it in, rolling to the ground. Badax retakes the lead. Going for one, Griffin Meinhold. Away in the snap, the kick is up from Meinhold. It is through the uprights. Yes, it is. It's 13 to seven. Badax back out by six points with 6.46 left in the second quarter right here on the WLW Sports Network. Forty-six left in the first half in the Bad Axe Hatchet Strike into the end zone for the second time, this time on a Keaton Brown 21-yard pass into the hands of Griffin Meinhold, who dies for that catch, brings it in, and retains possession through it. The process of catching it in the extra point is good for Meinhold as well, and it's 13-7. Bad Axe leads by six points, capping off a seven-play drive that covered 67 yards in five minutes and five seconds off the board. Unfortunately, we're all Lions fans. Don't sell me with the whole through the process stuff. I don't even <laughs> want to hear it, all right? <laughs> Lions always find a new way to lose. They certainly did this past week. Yeah, they find themselves in the record books quite a bit. Just for all the wrong reasons. Hmm. Exactly right. So beat deep back for the Reese Rockets beat Demarcus Palm Ritter. He's at his 15-yard line on the other side of that. Looks like that's Levi Foco at his 12-yard line. Griffin Meinhold, the kicker. Nice-looking kick comes in at the 10-yard line by in the hands of Levi Foco. Right to left across your radio now. Cutting back inside, and Devin Howard scoops him up and brings him down to the 25-yard line for just a 15-yard return by Devin Howard. 6.36 left in the second quarter. It's Reese back on offense, trailing by six points to Van Axe, 13-7. Nice coverage there by the special teams led by Devin Howard, making that play out in open space. So 6.36 to go. Van retakes the lead, 13-7 for this High-powered passing offense of Reese Rockets. They come back on the field for their third series of the night. 6.36 left in the first half. Six-point ball game. We knew it was going to be a good one. So far, it has been. First and 10, right to left across the radio from the 25-yard line of Reese's own territory. 75-yard field in front of him. 
Bunching receivers wide to the left. Turbush back to pass to Palm Ritter. It's brought in at the 33-yard line, but nothing more than that. And Palm Ritter reached it out and it actually hit the turf and bounced loose. Maddox wanted to fumble. They say it is a catch at the 33-yard line. That is a a seven, maybe eight-yard return uh, gain for the Reese Rockets. Keeps the clock rolling with 6.15 left here in the second quarter. Second down and two. And they're going to say he had possession of the football, and as he was tackled, the football hits the ground. They're going to say it was a completion. Nice throw and catch. You see an out route there by 31 as he plants his foot, cuts it outside, and the throw is right on the money. There's nothing a bad X defender is going to do about it, but he makes the sure tackle and makes sure he stays short of the first down marker. Second down and two from the 33-yard line. Right to left, cross your radio. Receiver wide to left. Trips bunched right outside the tight end to the right. Turbush in the pistol. Now Palm Ritter in motion. Cuts back out to the far sideline. It's a handoff to Rayner. And there is the Bad Axe defense and the Cavalry come to the line of scrimmage and don't allow any game yard beyond that. Leading the charge was number 56, Austin Vollmering, the defensive tackle in his seat here for the Bad Axe Hatchets. Third down and two. You're seeing these linebackers, the Bad Axe, takes turns shooting the gaps, trying to catch Tanner Turbush sleeping where they can get a quick sack. So the blitzer went right by the running back, but Austin Vollmering doesn't miss it. And then guys like McPhee and Howard and company get right behind him to make sure there's no yards after contact. No gain on the play. Third down and two for Reese. Bad Axe's defense looks like Randy's hunting, center, Randy, Randy's hunting Center out there with a 2.69 guns action on that one. Third down and two from the 33-yard line. 4.55, of course, Randy's Hunting Center, a proud sponsor of the strong side for about seven straight seasons. Receiver wide to the right. Demarcus Palmer all by his lonesome. Bunched receivers working off that left hash outside of the left guard, left tackle, excuse me. Now man in motion, Levi Foco cuts back to the near sideline. Turbush back pass, quick pass out to, to, Palm, to Marcus Palmritter. He lost it in the lights, and it falls the rest of the 40-yard line inside Bad Axe territory incomplete. Third down incomplete. Now a fourth down and two deep in their own territory. If I'm throwing the football, I trust all my receivers, but when Griffin Meinhold and Keaton Brown are in double coverage over there, I'm going to start to look in a different direction as Meinhold had the underneath coverage. Keaton Brown was sprinting to the backside. And it looked like Palmrunner thought the ball was going to come to the inside. The ball was thrown over his head to the sideline part of the field. So by when he was turning his body around to try to locate the football, lost it in the lights, it falls harmlessly. I actually thought Keaton Brown had a chance to make a play on that. But it falls harmlessly to the ground. And now fourth down and two on your own 33-yard line and no running game to show for yourself. Reese might have to punt the ball here with four and a half to go in the second quarter. They certainly bring out the punt team out. On a fourth and two, they're gonna be, have their backs up against here a delay of game. As Griffin Google stands on his own 20 yard line. Calling a potential audible, now he stands as 18. There's the snap, good snap, and the punt is away from the right-footed kicker. And it comes into the 34-yard line by Keaton Brown. He has room to run. He's out to the 40-yard line, breaks free of one tackle, and runs near that sideline, and he's brought down at the 43-yard line, and the flag flies late into that play. And number 65 for the Reese Rockets on the tackle, Kyle Ratajak. First and 10 for the Bad Axe Hatchets, forcing a three and out for the Reese Rockets. He's going to get credit for the tackle, but he's also going to get credit for a face mask as he brought down Keaton Brown on that return. So tack on just a few more yards, depends if it's the five yard or 15 yard variety against the Reese Rockets. Right now the ball is at the 30, excuse me, the 44 yard line. As we wait to hear, 
I'm sure Jerry Ozentowski. I'm sure I'll get this wrong, but I'm pretty sure he tackled him with the hand full on the face mask and pulled him down. So I don't know how it's not the 15-yard variety. On the kicking team, number 77, face mask, 15-yard penalty from the end of the run. The first down. So tack on 15 yards from the 45 in Bannock's own territory into Reese territory. So they start on the plus side of the field at the Reese 40-yard line. First and 10, leading 13-7. to seven. Well said by Jerry Azatasi, except the number. It was definitely 65 on the penalty, but nonetheless, I, I agree. It was definitely the 15-yard variety. And now Badax will start on the Reese's side of the field at the 40-yard line with under four and a half to go in this half, trying to extend their already six-point lead. Single wing actually balanced out on either side, and it's a direct snap to Shank, and it's a reverse back to Jake McPhee. He breaks out of one tackle. He has no one in Look front out. of him. Down from the 20-yard line, the 10, the 5. Touchdown, Badax. Jake McPhee breaks out from 40 yards out for number 40, and he's into the end zone for the third score of the night for the Badax Hatches. 4.15 left in the second quarter, and Badax tacks on another six points. It's 19-7, Badax over Reese. You called it out. You noticed the change in formation. Instead of McPhee to the right and Meinhold to the right, they were leveled out. So it looked like there were double tight ends. There was a quarterback and a fullback, and they run that power to the right. McPhee is the guy on the right. He counters back to the left, and he stonewalled. There is nobody there. And he, again, was supposed to counter from right to left, Runs into a defensive end, changes direction, goes back to the right, and once he does, there are no Reese Rockets anywhere to be found, and he finishes it off himself, showcasing some speed, hustling all the way to the end zone, virtually untouched for Badax to extend their lead. Meinhold with a beautiful PAT is through the uprights. It is now Badax 20, Reese 7 on the WLW Sports Network. FedEx leads now by 13 points, their largest this evening, as they strike on just one play, covering 40 yards and seven seconds off the clock. As Jake McPhee gets the reverse, cuts right through the heart of that line and into the end zone, untouched. We saw a train go by earlier, but that freight train just ran into the end zone from 40 yards out. It's 20 to seven, FedEx lead by 13 points, 4.15 left here in the first half. Meinhold with a mid-range kick comes into the 25-yard line by Levi Foco. He's across the 30, and he has green pastures. He's across midfield. He spins out another tackle, spins out of that one, and finally brought down at the 37-yard line by Logan Miles for the Bad Axe Hatchet. Save the touchdown there. But Levi Foco showing what the senior can do and gets it all the way into the plus side of the field. That's a mistake. Uh by Meinhold kicking that ball off. You either got to kick it deep and force him to bring that thing 50 yards down the field to get to midfield or squib kick it. Don't allow him to have that momentum. But by Pooch kicking it short, he allows that special teamer to come up, catch the ball on the run with a full head of steam. And then when he makes one guy miss, it's showtime as now all of a sudden they flip things around and they will start now well into Bad Axe territory with this drive. First and 10 trailing by 13 points with the Bad Axe Hatches. Turbush in the pistol, keeping it for himself, trying to spin out of blue jerseys all over the place. They bring him down for a two-yard loss. Leading the way was Sam Haas, the nose guard, 5'11", 195-pound senior for the Hatchets. Loss of two on the play, second down and 12. And I like it for Bad Axe. Don't get beat deep. You've seen them rotate Keaton. 
Brown in the game or, or Griffin Meinhold, one of them two are now in charge of being the center fielder, not even deep safety, the center fielder, making sure that nothing gets behind him. And they're allowing these linebackers, whether it's Devin Howard, whether it's Jake McPhee, you're seeing different guys try to blitz the gaps and create pressure on Turbush. And that time, they successfully get in the backfield and force a loss on first down. Second and 12, 323 and counting here in the first half. It's Bad X 20, Reese 7. The Rockets back on offense at the Bannock's 38-yard line. It's a screen pass out to the far sideline intended for Levi Foco. He could not bring that one in. And it's going to fall incomplete. Stops the clock with 3.14 left in the first half. Third down and 12. And that's a weird throw-and-catch scenario. People think that screen passes are super easy, but that slot receiver is backpedaling and side-shuffling from left to right. So when that quarterback throws it, normally your instincts are to throw it just in front of him to reach it out. But when you're side-shuffling and you go to change directions forward, it can be a little bit awkward. And that ball is thrown in front of him and falls harmlessly to the ground. He's nowhere near it. He throws it two or three yards in front of him. That's offline. When you're throwing a screen pass, it has to be directly at the, the wide receiver. It's not. And Bad X is able to... Obviously, let that ball fall to the ground and complete. Turbush back to the pass, out of the pistol. It's a little bit of a safety valve down to the 37-yard line, brought in by Aiden Rayner, stopped by Jake McPhee after just a gain of two, back to the original line of scrimmage at the 37. It's fourth and 10 inside Badax territory, but the Rockets have 10 yards to gain. How about this Badax defense? All of a sudden, a little bit of pressure on Turbush, and you're seeing Reese become conservative. All of a sudden, they're not attacking it down the field. They're throwing sideways passes. You're seeing screen passes, and they're falling incomplete or they're going nowhere. That time, Jake McPhee reads the quarterback, follows his receiver, even though he's tempted to fall back on defense. He stays with the running back. The screen pass is complete, but nowhere to go as McPhee blows it up for a very short game. Turbush started out the game four for four in passing for 106 yards. Ever since, he's two for eight. And we have a timeout called by the Reese Rockets with 2.20 left in the second quarter. Bad Axe leading by 13 points, 20-7 to 7 on the WLW Sports Network. Meanwhile, back on the ranch, fourth and ten for the Reese Rockets coming out of their first charge timeout of this first half. Turbush rolling to his right, looking to pass downfield. Throws it right in the middle, and it's batted down and intercepted by Badax at the 21-yard line. Keaton Brown decided to go for the theatrics and brought it down to the 21-yard line. A turnover on fourth down for the Reese Rockets. Gives the ball back to the Badax Hatches at their own 21-yard line. I, I, that's an emotional interception to ignite this home crowd. I'd rather him just knocked it down and take the better field position, but with just over two minutes to go, Badax has some timeouts in their pockets. You can bet with a 13-point lead that Coach Cal Polkley's gonna give his offense an absolute great opportunity here to try and score yet one more time before the half. First and 10 for the Badax Hatches, up to the line of scrimmage already. First and 10 from their own 21-yard line. 2-11 remaining in the first half. Badax leading by 13 points at their own 21-yard line. Left right across the radio, single wing to the right. Hollingsworth wide right at the 20-yard line. And off to direct snap to Keaton Brown. Gets it all the way across the 25. Out to the 26. Maybe in the 27-yard line. Tackle made by Jake Rowe. Defensive end. 6'3", 240-pound senior for the Rockets. But not until after a Keaton Brown 6-yard gain. And that's been there all night for him. We'll see if they speed it up a little bit. They're still sending the quarterback Brown to the sideline to call the play. But quickly calls the play. They hustle the line of scrimmage. So a little bit of a... No huddle offense here. 
trying to speed things up. Reese just one for four on third downs tonight, 0 for two on fourth downs. Reverse to Griffin Meinhold and breaks out his first tackles, dragging white jerseys with him out to the 30-yard line. Nothing more than that. Short of the first down by a yard. Tackle made by number 24, Cameron Castle, linebacker for the Reese Rockets. Third down and a yard to go. 80 seconds left here in the first half. And we have a timeout called by Cal Pokley and the Hatchets. Dave Hansen, what's Cal setting up here? He's, he's going to call two plays here. He's calling this play with the anticipation they're going to get the first down. And then I'm assuming they're going to then jump into their next play. Uh, take advantage of this timeout. Try to call one play or two. That's what I would be thinking here. But, again, it, it could backfire. If you don't get the first down on this play, you have to be. You have to understand the situation and what you're doing. And I think if Badax does not get their first down here, I think they'll just let the clock run down and be happy with the scenario that they're in. But uh, third down and one. Badax hasn't had any trouble moving the football, getting one yard or two at a time. Third down and a yard to go from the 30-yard line. Minute 19 remaining here in the first half. Badax 20, Reese 7. Reese scored on their very first play of offense tonight, 66 yards in from Demarcus Palmer to bring in the pass. The last 19 plays have brought in 44 yards. Yes, you're seeing, you're seeing this Badax defense understanding their roles, where they need to be. They got burned once, and they haven't allowed it again. But I will say on the other side of the ball, you're seeing Reese become way more conservative. He's not attacking downfield. He has mismatches in oversized wide receivers versus undersized D-backs. But uh, we'll see if that changes after the half. But for now, third down and one, 119 to go. Bad X now with the football. Single wing to the right. Direct snap to Keaton Brown, finds, tries to go into that trench like it's World War I and gets out about three yards, nothing more than that. Out to the 33-yard line, but he moves the chains, converts on third down, tackle made by Jake Rao for the Reese Rockets. First and 10 from the 33, minute 12 left here in the second. And you'll see no huddle, no discussion of the play, so Coach Cal Polkley trusted his offense was going to get their first down. Now, while the chains move, this is your opportunity to get under center and run that play that you called during timeout. Minute two remaining, it's a reverse to Devin Howard, and Brees jumps into the backfield and actually tackle him back to the original line of scrimmage at the 33. And we have Cal Pokley calling the third and final timeout for the Badax Hatchets as Devin Howard's a little slow to get up there as he had white jerseys wrapped all around him on that carry. Yeah, something didn't go right there. 76, Matt Kaboski's laying on the ground. He was on the right side, on the weak side there, setting a block, and that allowed that Reese defender to get in the backfield quickly and almost take that reverse handoff for himself. And uh, for Badax, that was a disaster as that play goes for a loss of two as they call a timeout with 56 seconds to go in the half. 52 seconds left in this first half. They're saying 56.2 seconds remaining as they reset the game clock. 20 to seven, Badax leading by 13 points on offense. For the final 56.2 seconds here in this first half. Plenty of media on hand here tonight. The Huron County View, a couple of TV stations. Another paper from Badax. As Badax, no remaining timeouts, but they have a 13-point lead. And they're their own 33-yard line, 67 yards in front of them. Dave, do you see them lining up, come out with a big pass here, or try and break a few tackles, and then another play after that? I, they could either throw it or run it here. There's still plenty of time. To, to run a couple more plays, but I think they're going to attack the sideline a little more, Clark. I, whether it be a sweep 
or a screen or a pass downfield. If, if it's not a deep pass downfield, then to me you got to roll Keaton Brown out or this has to be some sort of sweep where they can utilize the sideline and stop the clock. Hollingsworth wide right, splitting the hash marks at their own 33. Brown back to pass, rolling to his right, throws downfield into Reese territory, into Hollingsworth, hands it's caught at the 30-yard line and actually dropped, it. dropped out of bounds as Hollingsworth wanted the penalty, nothing there, and cannot hang on to a good coverage there from the Reese secondary, incomplete. Stops the clock with 47 seconds left, second out in 10. No, he's not mad at a penalty, Clark. He is mad at himself because that ball went right through his arms. Keaton Brown on the run, throws an absolute dime. It pulls a ball, has a little bit of air on it. It's not thrown too hard. It's over top of both three defenders who were beat on the play. And Hollinsworth's able to kind of slow down and come back to the ball and catch it, and it goes right through the breadbasket. Clark falls to the ground as the Reese defender makes a hit on the play. And a huge play turns into an incomplete pass and now third down and 10 and you're going to see bad acts now spread it out in the shotgun with two receivers each way from their 33 yard line brown in the shotgun rolls to his right looking to pass again has a white jersey in front of him going to throw it downfield it's a pistol and it's thrown at the 50 yard line at midfield at the feet of jake mcphee incomplete and now Banax facing a fourth and 10 from their own 33. Yeah, that throw, 41 was, seconds that left. throw was disrupted. 62, Nathaniel Torres absolutely throws Keaton Brown out of bounds as he's letting go of that football, which is why it comes out a little low. But he had a receiver right at midfield that would have that was open that could have re gave them a fresh set of downs. But now I think with 41 seconds to go, I, I think you're going to have to punt this ball away. And even though Reese has two timeouts, you got to hope your defense can keep him out of the end zone. So Ben X out in the punting formation. Griffin Meinhold stands at his own 23-yard line, 10 yards behind the line of scrimmage, awaiting the snap. Of a high snap, brings it in with ease, though. The punt is away. Nice-looking punt from Griffin Meinhold as all season long. Bounces for Bad X inside the 20-yard line. Demarcus Palmritter brings it into the 16-yard line, and he's wrapped up. No, he's not. He breaks free of two tackles. And on the third and fourth effort, he's brought down at the 16-yard line. Jerseys are flying all over the place. And Palmritter gets absolutely no gain on that one at the 16-yard line for the final 25 seconds here. In this first half, Jake McPhee wrapping up Palmritter. What a, what a great kick, though, by Griffin Meinhold is... The special teams guy is right in the middle of the field. He kicks it with a little lower trajectory, angles it sort of at about the 10-yard line, but the sideline, and that ball rolls right up to the sideline, doesn't go out of bounds, and he kicks it so far that Palmerutter is actually able to go over there and pick it up and attempt to make a return on it. But all he does is waste a little more time moving side to side, trying to dodge defenders. The Bedex special team covers it well, and now Reese, with 25 seconds to go, a couple timeouts in their pocket, are going to have to go... 84 yards to try and score on this Bad X defense. At their own 16-yard line, 25 seconds remain. They trail by 13 points with the Bad X Hatchets. Both teams enter tonight with a 5-0 perfect record. Tied for first place in the Greer Them West. Bad X is the defending co-champions from last year. The Reese Rockets have not won a conference championship since the days of Bob Saylor. Two wide each way. Turbush staying in the pocket, looking to pass, now scrambles to his right, looking to throw, now he's going to keep it for himself, across has the first down, and runs out of bounds at the 30-yard line for a 14-yard pickup. Going to say he stepped out of bounds at the 29, so a 13-yard gain stops the clock with 17.7 seconds left. And for Bad X, that's all right. You can't allow the deep pass. You don't want to get burned for easy points. 
Still 17 seconds to go. Yes, Reese has timeouts. Yes, this is going to come right down to the very end. They have the ability to move the ball in a hurry. But for Bad Axel, that was all right. You got to keep your eyes in the backfield, though, if you're defenders. When Turbush takes off, you got to step up and cut him off. He's able to get a nice gain and get out of bounds and stop the clock for Reese. Reese was just three first downs this evening. Bad Axel with nine. Bad Axel is four for six on third down, 0 for one on fourth. Reese, one for four on third down, 0 for two on fourth down. Back to pass on a first and 10 from the 29 down to the far sideline. And this one is brought in by Levi Foco. They say is actually out of bounds when he brought that one in. So incomplete with 11.2 seconds left. The natives of Bad X come alive on that stop. Second down and 10 from the 30. Yeah, you see Keaton Brown come over there to try to bring double coverage. The ball's thrown down the sideline. They make the catch, but he's already out of bounds when he makes that catch, so it's incomplete. Good coverage by Bad X. A really nice play by the Reese wide receiver to go up and get the ball, but can't keep those feet in bounds. Incomplete pass, 11 seconds to go in the half. Reese still has two timeouts and the ability to sling it down the field in a hurry. Just 11 seconds left in this first half. It's a 13-point ball game. Bad X leading 20-7. It was Bad Axe 6-0, then Reese responded the very next play to make it 7-6. Bad Axe then with two scores after that. Meinholder with a 21-yard catch, and then McPhee with a 40-yard run makes it 20-7 after two for two from the PATs from Meinhold. And there is action all over the place, and Reese had 17 men in motion when there's 11 on the play. And they're going to say, will the timeout be called first, or was it illegal shift on the Reese Rockets? Depends if they honor the timeout, but 31 and 81 were in motion on our side of the field at the same time, which is what triggered the flags. So the officials trying to determine what the outcome of that attempted snap was. I think they're going to honor that. It looks like this is going to be the timeout. So with 9.9 seconds left. It's a timeout called by the Reese Rockets. They have one remaining. They trail by 13 points. They're going to be facing a second... So timeout called by the Reese Rockets. Looks like he's a little out of range there, the official. We have to put a couple seconds back on the clock, won't they? That play should have never happened. That ain't working now. <laughs> and call for the so so uh, offense took a timeout. Their last. So 9.9 seconds left. Timeout honored to the Reese Rockets. Two more seconds. Put on 11 seconds. 11 seconds on the clock. They're requesting. Second down and 10 from the 29-yard line of Reese's own territory, going right to left across your radio. Tanner Turbush entered the ball game tonight. Throwing for a total of 719 yards on 38 completions, completing 58% of his passes entering tonight. 11 touchdowns and just two interceptions. He has one interception tonight already. Turbush back to pass, staying in the pocket, throws to the near sideline to Levi Foco. It is no good. Incomplete with a 48-yard line. Coverage by Devin Howard for the Bad Axe secondary. Incomplete, third down and 10, 5.4 seconds left. Yeah, Devin Howard uh, is fortunate there that he didn't make contact with the wide receiver because 23 stopped to come back to the football. That was Levi Foco, and Howard, the ball bounces off the back of his shoulder pad, backside of his helmet there, but... That ball hits him before he makes contact with the receiver. So as upset as the receiver wants to be, uh, that's a clean play, even though Howard 
If he's able to turn around and locate the football, he could take it the other way. But instead, no contact made before the ball gets there. It's an incomplete pass. And now third down and 10 for Reese with just over five seconds to go in the half. Two receivers wide each way. Turbush in the pistol has Rayner behind him. From their own 29, man in motion, Palm Ritter to the far sideline. Handoff to Rayner, and he's brought down in the backfield at the 28-yard line. Nice heads-up defensive play by number 60, Sam Haas, and that will bring an end to the first half with a defensive tackle for a loss. It's Maddox by 13 points in week number six of the MHSA regular season. It's Maddox 20, Reese 7 on the W, LW Sports Network, being powered by Anger Valley Services. Listening to the W LW Sports Network at the half. It is Banax leading the Reese Rockets 20 to 7. After 24 minutes of play, and now we listen in to the Banax marching band on the field. Conducting their halftime performance of music from the 80s. Last week we had Sandusky Marching Band. Now we have the Banax Marching Band right here on Sports Radio 1021 and live and worldwide at WLWSports.com. We'll get to your halftime scores in just a moment. Now we listen in to the Bad Axe Marching Band.
listening to the WFW Sports Now. We'll return in four minutes for your second half, first half action wrap-up. And take a look at the second half right here on the WFW Sports Network, being powered by Agar Valley Services.